With the impeachment proceedings growing ever wider and deeper, career feds are wondering if they'll ever see a 2020 budget. And constituents wonder if Congress will pay any attention to the basic needs of the nation. With analysis of the current state of affairs, the Fulcrum editor-in-chief, David Hawkins. And uh, so are they drowning in their own impeachment sauce, or what's going on, do you think, David? Well, well, so this week they're not even in town. The House is not. Um, the, the, the vote to uh, set the ground rules for this impeachment inquiry was, uh, was the last order of business for the House before they went away for a week. Um, and so if they're, if they're drowning in it, uh, it's only small dollops back home in their districts. Uh, and then, of course, they come back. The Senate, the Senate is in town this week. They are uh, doing more nominations, which is really what the Senate has spent its entire uh, year doing, is, is nominations principally to the courts to help President Trump uh, reshape the federal judiciary. And then they come back, and, of course, there's just, there's what, two weeks before, really? I mean, not even. Uh, two, yeah, two weeks uh, before the next possible shutdown. And so if they are talking about the recent vote that uh, Nancy Pelosi permitted, I guess you might say, to have open hearings after they're done with the closed hearings, that just seems to be something that will chew up time. And there is still no permanent budget. So what? I mean, having watched this so many years, what are you handicapping now at this point? Well, I, I, th- I think it, 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 um, we've, talked, we've talked in the past about how it is pretty difficult for a Congress that is this polarized to really do uh, to walk and chew gum at the same time, to use that old cliche, to do more than one thing at once. And impeachment is super polarizing, obviously. Uh, and so the goodwill and the brain power and the negotiating op- opportunities uh, are pretty few and far between. And so it does look like the uh, Jan- uh, November 21st, the next deadline for um, the, the the continuing resolution that was extended only till November 21st, that will have to be extended again. Uh, increasingly, uh, last week before the House left, the the sort of the, the water cooler talk was uh, none of it will get done. None, no but no bills. None of the original 12 bills will get done before Thanksgiving, and that they are likely now to postpone the entire uh, budgetary debate beyond Christmas into, into the new year uh, to, set, to, to, to uh, create as much space as possible between all this impeachment vitriol uh, and the actual negotiating on the budget. I think it was Republican Louis Gohmert of Texas who said if they move ahead on this impeachment vote or this thing keeps going, he said that there will be civil war in the country, which is I didn't hear him say it. I just read that he said it, so I didn't hear whether he was chuckling or he really thinks this, but that's tough-sounding language. Tough-sounding tough, tough sounding language. It is, however, uh, supported, amazingly, by some polling uh, that the Fulcrum reported on uh, last week that shows that, you know, a majority of Americans uh, say that the country is most of the way toward a civil war. I mean, this is not, um, this is not, this is no fooling. The degree to which the entire country uh, is as polarized as it is, 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 is pretty alarming. Uh, the Congress is a reflection of that. Um, and so when, you know, the president puts his foot down and says, I want, um, I'm, I haven't give up, given up on my fight for the border wall, um, and I want money to be spent in the 2020 budget on the wall. I don't want to have to move money around from other accounts like I did this year. Uh, that gets the hair on the back of the neck of virtually every Democrat up, and they would just as soon not negotiate. Yeah, that one's really holding up now the defense appropriations. 
That's right. Fortunately, um, fortunately for uh, the country, um, the uh, the defense appropriation, um, the, any shutdown or any budgetary impasse has a minimal impact on the Defense Department because, uh, sure, there are some civilian contracts and some sort of not uh, readiness essential things that might get stalled for a while, but the vast majority of the Pentagon and the Defense Department and our armed forces uh, continue uh, to operate unimpeded. Uh, it, during a shutdown, during a continuing resolution, they are they're minimally affected. Uh, and uh, meanwhile, um, despite everything I just said about polarization and impasse, uh, there's no real reason to doubt that the NDAA, the Defense Policy Bill, the Defense Authorization Bill, which has been enacted, it's really it's the exception that proves the rule. It has been enacted every year without fail uh, since the process was created when when Kennedy was president. Uh, that it, that that policy bill will get done by the end of the year. We're speaking with Fulcrum Editor-in-Chief David Hawkins, but the NDAA will be a skinny one. That is to say, it won't be the usual section 100 through about 12, 13, 14, 1500, 15 different sections. Inhofe, the chairman of the Senate Armed Services Committee, is saying, as I understand it, they're going to get the basics authorized just to keep the department authorized for the core mission. But a lot of the riders and policy questions that float along with it, that those will have to wait. That that is that is what Mr. Inhofe is saying. He knows what he's talking about, obviously, because he's he's the top Republican on armed services. Um, but even with a skinny, what they call a skinny NDAA, right? That is, it's the basics, it's the core stuff, um, the policy, the, the policy disputes that have held them up in the past. Uh, as you say, we'll have to wait. And another authorization that I guess made it out of committee shows weird political currents, and that's the Exim Bank which has always been contentious between Democrats and Republicans when it comes around for reauthorization, barely made it the last time and was unauthorized for a long time. But now you've got a couple of Democrats that went against the reauthorization. That's right. So you're right. The, the last time the, the XM Bank got reauthorized, the Republicans were in charge. Uh, there and, and there was so much um, antagonism towards the XM Bank on the right among conservatives who say the federal government should have no role in export financing and, and helping companies in this way. They actually shut the thing down for several weeks um, and were that that policy decision was undone after a pretty intense debate within the Republicans. Now uh, the Democrats are in charge and it, it is uh, objections on the left that could have slowed the bill down this past week, but didn't. Um, the, 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 uh, the most progressive members of the Democratic Party say that uh, the Exim Bank is furthering, you know, bad labor, bad environmental policy, spending too much of its uh, funding, uh, doing too much of its financing of uh, businesses that uh, use fossil fuels and, and do fossil fuel projects, and that this is not where American interests really are, and so the Exim Bank should be prevented from doing that. Um, the Democratic leadership disagrees. Maxine Waters of California, the chairwoman of the Financial Services Committee, uh, disagrees and so rebuffed um, her own committee, uh, which included uh, several several members of the so-called squad, uh, the most liberal progressive Democrats, 
uh, who opposed her, but they were outvoted by their own side. Yeah, so all strange things happening in a very strange year. I guess if the Nationals can win the World Series, then Democrats can vote against the Exim Bank or something like that. If the Nationals can win the World Series, then Maxine Waters can be portrayed as uh, you know a centrist in the Democratic caucus, yes. All right. David Hawkins is editor-in-chief <laughs> of The Fulcrum. Thanks so much. Take care. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to The Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, Think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.